my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ our Lord, you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. I repeat, you can't do it alone. Last night at Vespers, we heard the Old Testament readings of the call of Gideon and the call of Samson, or Samuel. And then today, we hear the call of Peter and the apostles. Peter and the apostles, some of the others, had had contact with Jesus earlier on. We learn from John's gospel that, that they were with Jesus at the time of the wedding feast at Cana. Some were with Jesus, with, or with Paul, or excuse me, St. John the Baptist, when Jesus was baptized. Others were with Jesus when they were at Peter's house, and Jesus cured his mother-in-law who had a fever. So these men had had contact with Jesus earlier. And they were struck by his words. They felt the draw of his presence. Anyone who was around him experienced that. So we hear today in our gospel, a large crowd had gathered around Jesus as he taught them. And the crowd was so large, they got into it. Jesus stepped into a boat that belonged to Peter, and he continued to talk. And when he was done, he told Peter... Set out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And these fishermen who knew their trade well knew that time of day was not the day for catching fish. They went out at the best time and caught nothing. But Peter says, if you say so, we will do it. And he caught so many fish, so many sizable fish, that they couldn't bring the nets in. It was breaking the nets and their boat was at the point of sinking. And so they called for help from the other boat. That was James and John's, the sons of Zebedee's boat, the sons of thunder. And between the two boats, they brought all these to shore. And Peter was so overwhelmed by the experience, despite everything he saw previous, that he fell down at the feet of Jesus and said, Leave me, Lord, I am a sinful man. And Jesus gives him the official calling, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I remember hearing some time from, from a priest in Europe, he told this, this little interesting tidbit about this, this parable that, isn't it interesting that when Peter went fishing, he caught the fish, they were fish were alive, and when he brought them to shore, they were dead. And when he became fishers of men, he found the men and women were dead, and he brought them to life. And in between the space of death and life is the high priest, Jesus Christ. This Sunday, in our metropolitan church throughout the United States, we begin the Vocation Icon Program, where we start to focus on a prayer of vocations for our young men, for the priesthood, diaconate, monastic life, our young women, for the religious life. And so there's been a sign-up sheet last week, and we will continue it on, to bring this icon, which is, talks about our gospel today, the fishers of men. 
You see, when a young man or a young woman experiences a call, they need help in forming that understanding of what they're experiencing. Some people will be aware of this calling from God from the time they're very young, and it will be strong all the way up until they enter into the religious life, monastic life, priesthood. There are others who aren't aware of that call, and it needs to be fostered within them. And then there are some who want to be a religious, a monastic, or a priest, but do not have the call. Because the call to this life is a unique call from God alone. He chooses who's going to do what to give us the life that would make us the happiest, the most joyous, give us the greater peace, whether that's the religious, the priesthood, the monastic, diaconal life, or married life. So a young man is, or a young woman is trying to go through and discern what's going on in their lives. Where do I belong? What is my calling from God? So he begins this discernment, and I'm going to just follow the course of the priesthood now, with his parents. The parents watching the child, nurturing the child, raising the child in the Christian faith, teaching him the faith, respecting the church, respecting the, the sacred ministers of the church. So the child then, together with the parents, begins a discernment. But then it continues on. Because then the community becomes involved. As that child begins to grow, the community starts looking and seeing, well, this child has a, a particular charism that would be a wonderful monk or a wonderful priest or she would be a wonderful religious. And so by the body of Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we begin to discern and help that child in discernment through our prayers for that child. And then at some point, when it appears that this child, you know, I think this child really has a call to this or that, or to the priesthood, then that child becomes, that young man, in this case, gone to college, comes in contact with the vocation office. And the vocation directors, they began to work with this person, having a deeper conversation about what they're experiencing, what their life, how they see their life and their relationship with God. And if between that discernment they say, you know, I do believe I have a calling, and the, and the vocation director says, I, I think I see it too, then he goes through a formal process of application. And this is a, a pretty rigorous process. It requires a lot of reflection when you write your, your essays and what the priesthood means to you. And then letters go out to the community, to some certain members of the community, confidential letters, asking, what do you see in this person? Do you see that this person has the particular charisms for this office? And all that is gathered, and it's taken, and the bishop sits with his review board, and they begin to discern. And they interview this young man for this vocation. And then, if it says, yes, we perceive a vocation here, then he goes on to the seminary. And once there, 
It continues. He's got his own personal discernment that he continues on. But the faculty and staff at the seminary also discern on his behalf as they live with him day in and day out for the years he's there. They meet regularly to discuss the staff, to discuss each of the seminarians. How are they doing? How are they doing in their human formation? How are they doing in their intellectual formation? How are they doing in their spiritual formation? And how are they doing in their pastoral formation? The four pillars that the seminary uses to form our men to be priests. And once all of that is done and the, and, and the, the faculty, you know, make their, their letters of recommendation to the bishop, then the bishop sits down with him, himself and he prays, does this man have a calling? He reviews everything he's looked at from the past, from the, from the time he was in the, the parish, and he makes the call to call him forward to the priesthood. As Father Robert Pipta told me years ago when, when I was accepted into the, the program the seminary, he told me, you know, there's nothing you could do to make you get yourself get here. It's impossible on your own. It was only through the discernment of yourself and those around you that fostered your vocation. And so we begin this weekend bringing to mind this awareness that we must continue to pray for the vocation of the to the priesthood, diaconate, the religious and monastic lives. But we also have to pray for ourselves as the body of Christ to be, as St. Paul says, discerners of the Spirit. So we can see who's got the charisms, who's the, who's the ones that can lead the church, that has the gifts. So that's what we begin to do today. After the Ambon prayer, we will bless the icon. And the first family at the end of liturgy will, will take the icon home and pray before it for a week. There will be a booklet that comes with it. And then it will come back, and the next week another family will continue. And we will do this all the way through the great fast into All Souls Saturday, or All Saints Sunday. But during Lent, then we will start the second process. And this is the called by name. This is where we begin to... Uh, See, you know, I see this young man or that young woman have a no vocation. There's something there. And the names are given to the priests and those are given to the vocation directors. And they begin to correspond with them, encouraging them, giving them information, bringing to light this vocation that others see in him or her. Peter, James, and John could not bring the fish in on their own. They needed each other. They needed the help of the community that they were in to do it. And the same with our young men and our young women. They can't do it on their own. They need our help. And we can only help them if we are in a prayerful posture ourselves to look with the power of the Holy Spirit to see who can help serve the church, to serve the needs of the faithful both in the monasteries living and praying for all of us and in the churches serving as deacons and priests. Let us begin our discernment for these young men and these young women now. 
asking the Holy Spirit to come upon us as we help others in their discerning of their vocation. And if it's not a vocation to the priesthood, diaconate, or religious monastic life, then a vocation to the married life, which you all know well if you're married, requires one heck of a lot of discernment and a lot of prayer and help from others. Let's be those men and women that help the future of our church discover what God has planned for them.